Hello, welcome back to The Social Disease. I'm Jasper. And I'm Bridget. So we are back after a little hiatus after season 14. Honestly, we needed to recuperate after that mess of a season. <laughs> we needed, you know, a little summer break of our own. No one went to Italy. No one went to Hollywood. <laughs> no one got kidnapped. <laughs> no one got kidnapped. <laughs> but we are finally getting into next class, which I'm so excited for. It's funny because I remember watching it and just being like a grumpy person about it because I'm like, oh, Netflix is taking over. Like, it's going to be so different, blah, blah, blah. Not too bad. It's not too bad, I will say. Yeah, I think people give it some unnecessary flack. It does have its problems for sure. And we're going to talk about some of those. But I think overall, it's pretty solid, especially in the later seasons. Mm -hmm. However... I guess one of the problems with next class is that the seasons are so short. They're only 10 episodes each. So what we're going to do, at least for the first two seasons, is we're going to be talking about them both at the same time. The reason for that is because they're basically the same as like the different arcs of like seasons 10 through 14, where you would have like seasons 10A, 10B, 10C. Seasons one and two of next class are, for all intents and purposes, seasons 15A and B. It's just the fact that it was on Netflix, that it's like technically a new show. And since they released all the episodes at once, because it's Netflix, they like just labeled it as seasons one and two. We'll have to see if we do the same for seasons three and four, since three and four are a bit more meaty in terms of their content. So we might need to separate those, but we'll we'll see how that goes when we get there. But for now, we're going to be combining next class one and two. Which makes sense too, because it was like, they were really just trying to see, I'm sure if the audience is still going to be there, if like, it's worth continuing. And like, obviously it was because they do go on to have a season three and four. But unfortunately, after that, it does not keep going. Yeah, because especially in one and two, they're kind of focusing their audience on like, new viewers. Like, it's very much supposed to be, like, you could start next class as your first ever Degrassi show and, like, be able to pick it up pretty easily. Mm -hmm. But I feel like they realized that pretty much only existing Degrassi fans were watching next class because once they get to next class three and four is when they start referencing stuff that happened in, like, seasons 13 and 14 again. Yeah, they really didn't reference anything from, I think, like, previous seasons too much, like, even when they do, they try to kind of make it a recap, like Zoe being an actress, they're like, oh, you you know, we'll talk about it. But with her whole dad situation, it's like, you're an actress, he's an actress. Like, they try to sum it up so that you know what's going on, even if you, like, don't know what's going on. Right. And, like, they don't reference any of the big things, like Degrassi nudes, or, like, the fact that Maya got kidnapped over the summer. <laughs> so. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, Next Class is very much supposed to be, you could watch this alone but I think they realized after one and two that hey our audience is pretty much people who were already watching the show so we're just gonna like start to reference past things again <laughs> yes for sure but to start with we're going to be doing Maya Zig Grace and Zoe for our first next class episode so very exciting lots of mess <laughs> to come yeah so I guess let's just get into it Let's do it. So for Maya and Zig, Maya starts off next class by quoting Drake, of course. Um, but 
Maya is trying to start a band at the beginning of the new school year. And Zig is offended when Maya doesn't want him to play guitar in her band because Maya doesn't think he's very good. <laughs> so Maya gets Jonah on guitar instead and Zig gets all pissy about it. Maya kind of struggles with telling him because she knows that like he's going to be mad, but she ultimately decides that she needs to pick what's best for her music. And she has the scene with Zig where Zig is like, is music more important than me? And Maya's like, yes, it is Zig. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. So Jonah is in Maya's band. The next episode is that Zig is insecure that he hasn't had sex with Maya since the first time that they had sex back in season 14. And whenever Zig tries to bring it up, Maya is a bit shy about it. And Tiny gives Zig advice to say like, oh, you could maybe try to be a bit more convincing. But when Zig tries that, he's a bit too forceful with Maya which leads to Maya being a little distant, and then Grace has to educate Zig about consent. <laughs> and when Maya's mom finds condoms in Maya's room or something, she sits both Maya and Zig down to have a talk to like be like, are you guys having sex? Make sure you're safe, blah, blah, blah. Zig ends up apologizing, and then they do end up having sex again in a cute consent scene at the end of the episode. I liked it. It was very cute. It was. Next is that Maya gets a gig with her band at a grown-up bar and she has to sneak out to audition because her mom won't let her like be out late at night and she doesn't want Maya to like be at a bar with old men, <laughs> which fair, honestly. But when she's like playing at the bar, she gets interrupted by a guy talking loudly on his phone. So Maya stops her set to like tell him to stop and dunks his phone in his beer when he calls her a bitch. <laughs> Yep. So like Maya gets fired for this, of course, and she considers dropping music completely, but her mom comforts her and says that it's not her fault that a man called her a bitch. Fortunately, they get a second chance at the bar and they play a song called Not Okay that's about catcalling. And because it's such a feminist anthem, Maya then gets asked by Goldie, a new character in next class, to perform for the feminist club for like kind of a protest that they're doing to make one of the boys' bathrooms into a girl's bathroom. Maya is on board with this until Zig points out that it's not technically equal to have different numbers of boys and girls bathrooms. So Maya rethinks it a bit, but Goldie ends up convincing her about like, even if it's technically equal, it's not effectively equal because of how boys and girls use bathrooms differently. So this convinces Maya and Maya ends up performing at the protest and they're able to get the bathroom. Soon after that, Maya and Jonah end up going to New York to talk to a music producer because he like found Maya's song online and really liked it. And Zig, of course, is jealous of Jonah and Maya being in a hotel room together. So Zig kind of gets a bit obsessive. He's like texting Maya like as often as he can, but Maya is trying to focus on her music. So she turns her phone off. She does tell Zig that she's gonna be away from her phone, but he still goes a little crazy. Zig ends up crashing a date kind of sort of date with Zoe and Grace. The next day, Zoe and Grace hooked up. We'll talk about that later, but Zoe is stressed. So she and Zig get together and go to the woods and they're just like complaining about their problems. And Zoe ends up throwing herself at Zig and they hook up and Zoe records it. Of course she does. Yes, of course she does. Of course she does. Sorry. <laughs> Annoyed. <laughs> yeah. On Maya's end in New York, she performs for the producer but he doesn't really think that they have any talent besides the not okay song, of course, tragically. Now that Zig has cheated on Maya, Maya starts getting like threatening messages online about her song. 
this is after like the feminist club kind of went on a tirade against Hunter's gaming club. So Maya has been getting harassment on social media. And she gets especially worried when like she starts getting death and rape threats and her address gets doxxed online. When they go to the police, the police do nothing. So Maya decides to like perform for a feminist club assembly from home. But while she's performing, her house gets swatted during the live stream. <laughs> and at the end of the episode, they find out that the swatting call came from Toronto. So Maya is now really scared that the person who's out to get her lives close by. Maya is then on edge after the swatting. She's like super paranoid and stuff. And Zig, while feeling guilty about having cheated on Maya, finds out that it was Hunter who has been trolling her. Zig ends up beating Hunter up in the bathroom, telling him to stop. But Hunter ends up blackmailing Zig with the video with Zoe of them hooking up to keep him quiet. And this kind of initially convinces Zig to keep quiet. But Grace, who knows about the video and the hookup, tells him what a terrible shit thing that is to do. So Zig tells Maya it was Hunter, and then he tells her that he cheated on her. So Maya's like, I need some space, blah, blah, blah. The gamer squad ends up getting turned in for the whole thing, and Maya at first considers forgiving Zig when he initially says that it was only a kiss with Zoe. However, during the lockdown, when Hunter brings a gun to school, <laughs> Maya, of course, is stuck with Zoe in a locker room, and Zoe admits that they did more than just kissing, so Maya officially breaks up with Zig, and they, like, go do their winter break. And that is season one. In season two, Maya is applying for a co-op position with Peter Stone himself, of all people, but she is distracted by Zig talking to Esme in class, and like they have posts hanging out together on Instagram. So she ends up being too distracted by this to kind of focus on her application and her demo mix that she's submitting to Peter, but she ultimately still ends up getting the co-op. Zig ends up apologizing for cheating on her, and Maya kisses him. And then, of course, Zig is happy to be back with Maya, but after their kiss, Maya is kind of giving him some mixed signals, and Maya says, like, she wants to talk. So Zig sets up a romantic dinner at this fancy restaurant, but Maya has to stay home to do a school project. So he invites Tiny and Lola, where Lola tells Zig that actually it was all Maya's fault that Zig cheated on her, and Zig kind of goes with it. So he ends up storming to Maya's house, blaming her for everything ends up breaking her school project, and Maya ends up saying that she does not actually want to get back together. She was just kind of confused in her feelings. Soon after that, Maya needs a guitarist to stand in for Jonah. He's out for whatever reason. So Peter stands in as a pro guitarist, even though Grace thinks that Zig could stand in instead. Zig, of course, shows up at their gig because he still wants to try and be friends with Maya, but Maya doesn't really want to be friends with him anymore, even though Grace is kind of trying to convince her to make their friend group whole again. So since Grace is kind of pissing her off, Maya ends up playing onto Peter as a friend, goes to his birthday party, and like hangs out with Spinner and Sav for a little bit, and really embarrasses herself when she like accidentally eavesdrops on Peter's conversation with his girlfriend or something. So she ends up apologizing to Grace, Grace apologizes to her, and they become friends again. Finally, Maya is mad when VJ has posted a cover of one of her songs on YouTube. So she confronts him and makes him take it down. But VJ, being apparently a social media influencer, puts out a response to him taking the video down, saying that Maya demanded that he do so. 
Peter being Maya's mentor convinces her to play nice with VJ because it's good to have people on your side in the music biz. So she ends up making up with VJ and records a song with him. And Peter gets her a summer job working with him. On Zig's end, he also wants a summer job. So he auditions for a dance gig from this random girl who like gave him a flyer at the dot in order to prepare because he's not as good of a dancer as Tiny. He asks Esme to help him prepare. But when he kills it at the audition, he finds out that the audition was actually to be a stripper. <laughs> so he turns down the job, but Esme gets him to dance with her dance troupe for the summer. That's pretty much the last of their plots. The season actually ends with Zig and Maya both being in the bus crash, which of course is explored more in three and four. Well done. That actually didn't feel as long, but it is also because they're both 10 and 10. So that's probably why. Okay. So where do you want to start? I mean, most of it is probably just, it's a lot of it's Maya and Zig, which of course I love, but like there wasn't too much outside of it than just like the music stuff as well. Yeah, I, I had a couple things to say about the music stuff, mostly like in the context of Maya's whole cam arc, which we always try and bring up with her, of course. So I think it's kind of pointed that Cam is not a part of Maya's storyline at all in these episodes at all, right? Yeah. And like, I guess that makes sense on one end because like we just talked about, they didn't want to bring up anything from the next generation in next class. But I also think it makes sense in the context of season 14 where Maya had her whole anxiety stuff. And honestly, all of everything since Cam up to this point, really, where she was really going through it for all of seasons 13 and 14. And in season 14, she finally got help. So the fact that like she finally got help and she's like working through her issues, I think it makes sense that she is now in a good place that her plots don't need to focus on that as much anymore. I totally agree with that. And I think the the music thing is a great way to show that because music is kind of how Maya started her whole time on the show. And then she kind of lost that for a bit, or at least it wasn't a focus in seasons 13 to 14. So the fact that she's now getting back to that is kind of showing that she's in a better place now. She's dealt with her issues and now she's getting back to the things that she loves. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that Degrassi did a good job in season 14 of, of pretty much wrapping up the cam arc for her. Like the fact that she's finally getting therapy and like whatever. And like she's starting this season in a quote-unquote healthier relationship I guess you know obviously they start off by like having their issues but you know they're high school so it is what it is but um I think with that and then the music thing I'm a little disappointed we don't see more like cello like this is very auto-tuned but yeah. you know yeah honestly I miss the cello me too but I guess maybe that's also the growth like she, when she was like younger, she did the cello and now that she's older, she's kind of like trying to break out and do more of like a different type of music. Mm -hmm. But I love it. I love that she is somebody who like really loves what she does. She reminds me of like Manny with the acting, like she's just not giving up on it, even with like all the shit that goes on in her life. It's just so funny that she's literally like, Zig, you suck at guitar. Like, do you even play guitar? You're not being part of my band. Right. Like. She's so serious about it. She's like, sorry, like, I'm not going to be 
you know, thinking of your feelings. I'm not going to make some like insecure guy feel like good about himself just because he's my boyfriend. <laughs> like she's so like she's not giving in. I respect it. Yeah, because like I guess it was kind of a callback to Zig did technically play guitar in Whisper Hug, but oh, yeah, for like a minute. <laughs> yeah, for like a minute, but yeah, it was definitely a, a whole badass move for her, and. I just really liked how she really stood up for herself throughout the whole thing, even like in the in the bar episode. I mean, of course, like <laughs> throwing a guy's phone in his cup because he's talking too loudly is not the move, but <laughs> it was funny at least. No, that was good. And I also think that they're doing a more realistic showing of how if you want to like get into music, how it's going to be. For Craig, it was like, boom, he's famous. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to drop out of school. Like, Mia, boom, she's famous. She's going to go be a model. But for Maya, like, she's still young. She's still in high school. Like, she's going to take an Instagram DM and run with it and go all the way to New York thinking it's an interview when it's, like, kind of not, you know. And she's going to get rejected because she only really just started getting back into music. And I think that the growth with that is also interesting because she's experiencing, like, rejection and you know, starting small and then like working with Peter and then getting that internship again. So it's just the little things that are making her like not give up are nice to see too. Yeah. How did you feel about Peter randomly being Maya's mentor? I was like kind of surprised that they picked him. I know he was involved in music, but it wasn't like a passion. I think it would have made way more sense to do Sav. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Or, or like anybody else that did yeah. music. <laughs> Danny even, like I wouldn't have been like, oh, that's weird if like, you know. Yeah, it did feel weird that it was Peter specifically, but like, I guess it was fine. I did like, I mean, of course, Peter is a very controversial character, but. Yeah, I mean, obviously he was a different and like less horrible person in this because, you know, they grow up, but. It just seemed odd to pick him of all. Like, he wasn't that influential of a character. He's only on, like, what, two seasons? Peter was on for, like, five seasons. What do you mean? Well, okay, that's a lie. I think we kind of talk more about how he doesn't really have a character of himself because he's always has, like, a girlfriend. Sure, sure, yeah. So I guess in that sense, even though we do also say how he kind of becomes, like, the guy of Degrassi for a bit, but... I don't know. Again, I probably would have preferred somebody else. It yeah. just, he's too like sketchy for me to be like, hmm, this makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I did think the episode where like Maya crashes his birthday party because she has no friends at the time. That was kind of cute. Like, especially where Spinner is like, oh no, it's like $150,000 for the house or something. Yes, that was kind of funny. I'm like, of course they would bring spinner back why am I not shocked about that yeah <laughs> even he would have made more sense but I guess it's also you know Peter's dad's loaded so why wouldn't he be able to like have these opportunities true I didn't think of that yeah that's kind of why I was like yeah I feel like if he had to do this on his own it would never would have happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he did give Maya some good advice in the VJ episode even though I think the VJ situation was kind of fucked up because it's like VJ, you're coming for Maya after you literally swatted her house. Were you to make any demands of Maya right now? Oh, absolutely. But then again, they try to blame all of that on... Well, no, technically they said it was Hunter that swatted her house. It wasn't the three of them. They did the tweets, though. 
Yeah. Yeah. But still. No, I totally agree with that. I also think the fact that he's like an influencer is just Netflix trying to be relatable and it kind of makes me cringe a bit, but like whatever, yeah. fine. <laughs> and the music video is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like I still remember it like in my brain. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, Maya's music, super fun. Honestly, I love how the band with Grace and Jonah, I'm kind of sad that it doesn't have a name, but <laughs> like like the band kind of is a good kind of central point to branch off to different groups of characters. Like you have Maya and Zig, you have Grace and Zoe, and then I guess Jonah as the third wheel to get Zig to be jealous. <laughs> yeah, there's that. And then like he ends up having his own things. I actually was thinking about the name thing too, because really when they performed at like the bar, they just introduced each member and then just like played. Yeah. And I was like, how has that never came up? Like, oh, what should we like name ourselves? Should we give them a name? Um, yes. But I'm trying to think of what. <laughs> well, uh, it'll come to us. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you already have an idea. I, I don't have any ideas. <laughs> okay. That'll be our homework. Yes. Come up with a band <laughs> name for Maya, Grace, and Jonah. Love it. But yeah, Maya's music, very cute. Let's get into the mess that is Zig and Maya in these seasons. <laughs> You mean my favorite couple? Uh, it's like, they're like the clarity lie for me now. Well, they are, pretty much. <laughs> yes, and I love them. Zig has just always been insecure. That's just really what it comes down to. I feel like he's just kind of an insecure dude, and like this just, I mean, he's never, he, he's had like a rough life, but we're assuming he doesn't in this <laughs> season of Degrassi, but he really just self-sabotaged. There was no reason for them to break up in my opinion. Like, there's no reason for him to cheat on her. There was no reason, like, it was all in his head. I don't think Maya was, like, the best girlfriend, but I feel like she also was pretty honest about how she was super busy. And, like, they don't live together anymore, so obviously they're not going to see each other as much, but that doesn't mean, like, to spiral out of control either. Yeah, like, I was kind of unsure about a lot of Zig's actions leading up to their breakup because it kind of just felt like they wanted to get to the point where Zig would cheat on Maya. So they just kind of had Zig act in kind of strange ways so that that would happen. I agree because originally I was like, oh, they're going to break up because they're going to be like having a weird fight about the sex thing. But then I thought that they did a really good job with that plot in the end of it with the consent and everything. I feel like leading up to it, they did a really good job with like Grace being like, you guys are creepy. Like, I think that kind of just worked out. So then after that, they're like, oh, like, how are they going to break up? And then she goes to New York City with Jonah, even though she's told him 100,000 times that her and Jonah aren't anything. And she's never once made it seem like she had any feelings for him. It just was so strange. And of course, Zoe's involved. Why am I not shocked? But like, for example, with the whole consent thing, it's like Zig is being kind of adamant about like having sex again when their first time they were on drugs, <laughs> you know? Like, of course, that's, like, kind of something that you need to forget about right now because of the whole next class transition. But Zig kind of being so forceful just kind of seemed like they wanted to tell a consent storyline, so they kind of made Zig act in the way that they could have that conversation, even if it didn't really make sense for Zig to kind of be that forceful in the first place, in my opinion. My reasoning behind him, like, 
being like that, which is not an excuse, is I was kind of figuring he felt like he was already losing Maya because she wasn't around and like all this stuff that like he felt, oh, if this happens, then our relationship means that it's like good and strong because like that's how people like show each other that they love each other, whatever. That's kind of what I was getting from it. And then, yeah, obviously they wanted to do the consent line because Tiny was like horrifying. I'm like, what is going on? Him being like feminazi and like, oh, women. Like, I was just like, why do they make this guy the worst? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I totally agree. I felt like it was kind of weird because he just like loves Maya so much that why would he act like that? Right. Because he was also just kind of a dick to her the whole season. Yes. Like, like with the music thing, like I know he was also kind of a dick in the movie with her babysitting stuff. Yep. And then he's just like generally being very possessive which I feel like he's not usually that possessive of Maya maybe maybe he was a little bit during the whole mile saga but that was a while ago and I think he's grown from that but yeah you'd think a guy who has been like waiting his whole life to be with Maya would like treat her better yeah so that, that's <laughs> where I'm like I'm not sure if like Zig's actions this season are in character or if the writers just wanted the storyline to go a certain way so they had to make him do certain things even if they didn't really make sense for him yeah I could definitely see that I I think that they were kind of trying to do a consent plot line and like are there any really couples besides them right now not really so I think they're, this was kind of their best bet, unless they wanted to do a Tiny and Lola one, but they were doing their own thing somewhere else, so. Yeah. <laughs> At least for the first season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But Bridget, I have a question for you. Oh my god, I already was know it, what it is. Was it cheating? <laughs> I don't see how you could say it wasn't cheating. <laughs> so, do we finally agree? Yeah, it was cheating. Oh. Oh my god, it was so obviously cheating. It was unreal. There's like literally no way that you could be like it wasn't. And what's even crazier is that they try to make it Maya's fault. Well, no, they don't. Like when Oh they sorry, I meant like Lola, like other characters, not Degrassi. Yeah. Degrassi does not. <laughs> yeah, so so they they kind of have Zig try and make it Maya's fault, but it's very clear that he's not correct. <laughs> yes. I also was very shocked that Zig gave into it so easily too to be honest like I know he was super insecure about Maya and everything but the fact that he was just so willing to just be like yeah right I'll just like why not you know it's not like he wasn't getting any we already saw that right so it's like I guess everybody just got in his head so much that like she was cheating on him that he was like yeah but I don't even know who got in his head himself yeah, it was literally him. Like, everyone was like, Maya's just in New York doing her thing. Calm down. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, nah. I, I do agree that he gave in too quickly, though. It was like, Zoe gets on her knees and is like, I'm into you, Zig. And Zig's like, wait, what? And she's like, I'm into you, Zig. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I was like, what? And you would think with, like, the whole past of Maya and Zoe having the worst, like friend whatever it is it's not even like friendship like you'd think that it would be not doing that yeah like it just doesn't make any sense yeah. even though I guess he was kind of into Zoe for like a hot second before yeah but still it was very much like oh there's a girl throwing herself at me I'll just sleep with her then I guess yeah because even even after with the whole hunter blackmailing thing 
it was like, come on, you know, like Zig knows firsthand Maya's anxiety because he was living with her when she was having her nightmares. And now it's kind of happening again with this whole swatting harassment thing. And he's just like, oh, I'm just going to save myself instead of help Maya when I know she's going through it, you know? Oh my God. I couldn't even believe that. I couldn't even believe that when he was like, oh, I'm just not going to say anything because it's going to make Maya even more upset. Yeah, well, guess what? You're not making, like, threats to her. It's like, yeah, it'll end your relationship, but at least she'll, like, feel safe. I don't know. It just pissed me off. What do you think about the fact that Grace knew and didn't tell her? Like, they kind of get over it pretty fast, but, like, I personally think that that was awful. Yeah, I feel like that's a sticky situation because you don't really want to be the bearer of the bad news yeah and it's also not technically your business yeah but I have been in that situation before and I did ultimately tell the person that they were being cheated on so Mm -hmm. just because I was like it is the right thing to do I didn't need to wrestle with it for a minute though I just think that in that situation, like, Grace never actually talks to Zig about it, really. Like, she kind of hints that she knows, and, like, he says, he's like, oh, I think Grace knows. But she's never like, you need to tell Maya. Yeah, she only says that when Zig is... It's when Zig tells her that he knows that Hunter is the guy. Yeah, and then she's like, well, you need to tell Maya. And he's like, and then goes and tells her. Yeah, so that's the only time that Grace really gets involved, which was probably a little too late because Grace knew, like, the day that it happened, right? Because Zoe sent her the video. (laughs) She knew it, like, the next morning because I don't even know why Zoe did that. It's like, girl, she's straight. Let her live her life. And now you're just going to be like, oh, you have a crush on Zig? I'm going to hook up with him and send you the video. Like, what a psycho. Yeah, (laughs) we'll get there. But (laughs) yeah, it's like, I could see it on both sides for Grace. It's like, I get why she didn't tell Maya, but also I get why she didn't. Yeah, okay. I guess I'll be a little more lenient. It was just like, I could see why Maya, like, would have been a little bit more mad at her for it, but she kind of just, like, hugged her and then was like, don't lie to me again, and then they moved on. Yeah. Well, because Grace, otherwise, is a great friend to Maya, so. Yeah. You seem unconvinced. I was just trying to think if... I mean, it took them a while to, like, actually become friends, <laughs> so. Sure. But, yeah, I guess this was just a little hiccup. Anything else about them, like, in the first season? That's pretty much it. It's, like, for me, Zig just kind of acted out of character for most of it, which I guess if he's out of character for that long, maybe that's just his new character, <laughs> but. No, I totally agree. I feel like they built them up to be together and like it was so good and then they just like ruined it within five minutes of them having the show. Yeah. Which is such a shame because I really would have like, I would have rather just seen them have relationship drama and stay together than them like break up. But after they do break up, they kind of go through kind of parallel journeys. To me, it was kind of similar to how Claire and Eli had parallel journeys in season 11 after they broke up. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess I liked that aspect of their breakup, even if the build up to the breakup I didn't like <laughs> too much. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, with Claire and it, like, but then you know that they're going to get back together eventually. Is really right, like... right. So it's the same thing with Zig and Maya. It's like, you know, they're going to get back together at some point, but they just need to each kind of develop as people individually before they could get to that point. Yeah. 
which is still like I just couldn't believe that Zig blamed Maya though yeah for him cheating I mean I understand he like didn't think that in his own head at first until people were like telling him but it just like blows my mind yeah it was pretty fucked up <laughs> classic dang it Zig but then the few things that they have in season two I guess I liked how the whole episode where Grace is like Maya could you just be Zig's friend again come on like we used to be such a good friend group and Maya was very adamant against it I really mm-hmm. like that because I feel like it's not something Degrassi has really done before with like a breakup within a friend group oh yeah definitely like I feel like they kind of just almost treat it like it wasn't a big deal and move on like I think the best example of that is the fact that Peter blackmails Manny and then Emma dates Peter and I think that that one I always come back to because that's absolutely ridiculous in my mind but it just shows that they don't care they don't like consider you know how people would actually react in that situation and I think Grace being like Maya be friends with Zig or like Zig broke her trust and cheated on her like how could she ever be friends with him like that again you know yeah but at the same time like it is hard to be in the middle of a breakup as a friend because you care about oh I mean for sure but also are we assuming that Grace still likes Zig like does she just want Maya around so that Zig's around more or is she just like you know is she like trying to manipulate the situation I don't think so I think she just wants the awkwardness to be gone because at this point she does like Zig and Zig wants to be friends with Maya so like I guess she's kind of giving in to what Zig wants because she likes him but even even besides that it's just it's just always hard when like your happy family friend group is now broken apart because of a bad breakup no, I I totally agree. And I, I think, I do think that Grace definitely leans a little bit more towards Zig. And like, I get that her and Zig have been friends longer too. So I can kind of see why she's like, Maya, like you get over it where Maya was the one that was treated poorly. But I definitely think she's taking Zig's like feelings into consideration more. She's like, oh, this is what Zig wants. So like, I'm going to try it, you know? Yeah. But then she does ultimately realize that Maya's feelings do matter too, and she apologizes. Yes, which is good. <laughs> we, we love a good apology. Yes. Um, anything else for Maya and Zig? How did you feel about, I guess we already talked about the VJ thing, but what about the whole stripper thing for Zig? <laughs> it's definitely a stretch. I feel like when would that ever happen? <laughs> yeah. To like a 16-year-old? Right. Apparently they said Zig is 18, which I don't think that's possible if he's only a junior in high school. Did he get held back or anything? I don't think so. Not that we know of. Yeah, it seems a little bit like a stretch for them to just do this weird plot for no reason. Yeah, it seems like it was just like supposed to be funny, but I was like, okay, (laughs) sure. His dance routine was cool. I was gonna say, I do like how they're trying to support Zig in like his almost small, tiny journey into the arts. Like him being an actor and then like him wanting to like play roles as like the cat calling guy and like the feminist group thing. And then now he's doing the dance thing. I kind of like that he's still trying to like do stuff like that. But unfortunately, the dance thing is what brings him to Esme. Oh, she's such a nut. I haven't even watched any of her stuff specifically yet, but just the things that I've seen of Miles and her, I'm like, they're crying like every episode. I'm like, dang, this is going to be a lot. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, like, they end off, they don't end as friends at the end of this season, right? 
Like they they acknowledge each other, but I don't think they're friends again yet. No, they're definitely just on like okay terms. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like coexisting. Yeah. So I like how they haven't really resolved things because like you need more time to really work through something like that. And again, that's that goes back to the whole parallel journeys thing that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, which I think that that's very similar to how Eli and Claire kind of ended before they got back together for the like 100th time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the last thing I have for Maya is how this is pretty much just in the first season about how they really went hard with like Maya having like the feminist or the quote unquote woke storylines. Yep. Like they had the whole the the whole consent episode, the whole catcalling episode, the episode where Maya learns to be a feminist, and then the whole the gamers are anti-feminists, so we need to put a stop to them type of thing. Yes. Like the thing with next class is that they went really hard with kind of that woke angle for the show. Like I remember mm-hmm. I forget who it was. It was probably one of the writers or something, but there was a tweet like in the lead up to Next Class coming out where a writer tweeted, get excited for Degrassi Next Class. Donald Trump is going to hate it. Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, that is so cringy. And like, you could see in these storylines, like why they said that. But it's just like, not that these storylines are bad necessarily, but they're much more preachy than Degrassi usually is with its messaging. It seems like forced wokeness. Right. Yeah, because especially the whole, like, Maya being like, I'm not a feminist, I'm not anti-man. I'm like, do we really still, are people still thinking this? And if they are, like, are they women? Like, you know? And are they watching Degrassi next class? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was kind of like, this is a little bit annoying. Like, I get you're just trying to teach, like, what feminism is, I guess. But the fact that there was such ridiculous pushback from Hunter against feminism in general is, it just is so over the top for me. Right. Because for me, like, the the consent, the catcalling, the whole bathroom thing, those were very much, like, baby's first feminism type of thing. It's like, let's let's have a lesson about feminism today. But they they lost me with the whole gamer thing because they didn't do a good job of explaining why Hunter's gaming was sexist. They were just like, you have violence in your games and there happen to be women in your games. Therefore, violence against women is bad. And it's like, have you ever played a video game before? <laughs> Come on. Well, it would have made more sense if they did like a shooter game. Sure. But they didn't. Yeah, so I think we'll talk about that more with Hunter in a future episode, but I think it's just an example of, like, they were trying so hard to be woke that they didn't really understand what they were doing. They were just like, let's do something woke for the sake of being woke. Oh, for sure. I liked um, the protesting outside of the bathroom thing, too. Like, that would ever work in a high school. I did like the bathroom thing in general as, like, it was a pretty easy way to explain like equality versus what's the other word equity yeah so I thought that was like an easy way to explain it to like maybe a teenager who hasn't really been exposed to that before but otherwise the fact that all of these 
storylines were from Maya's perspective was interesting to me because like for example Goldie was the president of the feminist club and then Maya comes along and now she's suddenly the co-president it's like how did that happen Goldie's the person who did all the work (laughs) (laughs) well at least they didn't have her hang up the sign yeah I guess so (laughs) but they're like no you do it I was like it's ridiculous yeah but it just felt like they were using Maya as like the protagonist of the show to like tell these messages like hey this is the message that you should take away from the show because our main character Maya learned this lesson when I feel like it could have gone to a character like Goldie the person who was actually you know running the thing since Goldie's a new character too and we know nothing about her yet oh absolutely yeah no it just felt forced honestly yeah, it, it definitely improves in the later seasons, but in this season, it's just kind of like, you're being really preachy, and Degrassi usually isn't that preachy about things. They usually mm-hmm. have a more nuanced take on what's going on. Yeah. Anything right. else for Zygamaya? No, I think that's all I really got. I would say that we didn't see as much of Grace and Maya as I like wanted, and they're in the same band, too. I just kind of wish that they had more plots. There was just a lot of like Zig and Maya versus Maya and really anyone else. Yeah, that's true. But that's really my only thing that I have. Otherwise, we talked about everything else. Yeah. Well, let's get into Zoe and Grace then. So this is kind of bounces off of the end of the movie where Grace and Zoe kissed for the first time. And Zoe was like, hey, see you at the at the beginning of school next week or something. So Zoe ends up reconnecting with Grace, but Zoe is worried that she offended Grace when Grace like runs off to the bathroom after some light flirting. Zoe goes to Grace's house to apologize, but Grace's mom says that Grace isn't home, but she is. Grace is like avoiding her. The next day in the bathroom, Zoe confronts Grace about like, oh, you can't even handle like a light touch from a girl or something. But then Grace starts coughing blood into the bathroom sink. Zoe's like, I'm going to call 911. And Grace says, don't do it. (laughs) So Zoe ends up taking her home where she finds out that Grace has cystic fibrosis. Zoe then, of course, does some Googling overnight. And the next day starts to give Grace advice about things that she could do to help improve her lungs and blah, 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 blah. But of course, Grace has heard all of these things before. She's had cystic fibrosis, I think she said, since middle school. So she's super annoyed. Everyone is always walking on eggshells around her when they know that she has CF, which is why she doesn't tell anybody. And also why she doesn't really tend to get close to anybody because she's kind of afraid of getting close to people when she isn't going to live as long as her friends. So Zoe ends up apologizing by kind of doing a class presentation about Grace's death to kind of show Grace that she's cool with talking about death and all those types of things and grace is pretty cool about it and it kind of strengthens their friendship a bit of time passes zoe and grace have been spending more and more time together but zoe's mom thinks that grace has a crush on zoe and forbids zoe from seeing her and because of this zoe is like well if my mom doesn't want me to be gay maybe i could find my biological dad who she does not know who it is but apparently her mom was an extra on gossip girl back in the day and hinted that um, have slept with the dead. Excuse me, it was Gilmore Girls. Oh, fuck. My bad. And his <laughs> name is Chris in Gilmore Girls, and it's funny because he actually plays the dad that's not around. Oh, that's funny. 
Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I love Gilmore Girls. So I was, I could not, I was pumped when I saw this. I totally forgot this was a plot line. Well, I think, I think they did this because it was the same year that the Gilmore Girls like reboot special came out or something. Yep. And it was on Netflix because that's what he was saying too in it, which was so funny. Yeah. So they, they just brought that on to like promote the Gilmore Girls special or something. <laughs> well, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so Zoe thinks this man might be her father, so she and Grace go to his trailer and sneak in to, like, try and find some DNA evidence. She catches them, of course, and Zoe tries to explain how terrible her mom is, and the actor, like, comforts her, says, like, it'll be okay, even if your mom does hate you. Zoe then catches up with Grace to, like, talk about what happened and thanking her for always being there for her, and Zoe kisses Grace once again. However, the next day, Zoe is worried that their kiss has kind of freaked Grace out, but Grace seems kind of okay with it. They plan to have a movie night until, of course, Zig crashes. He's going through it because Maya is in New York, as we talked about. When Zig finally leaves, Grace invites Zoe to sleep over, and Grace and Zoe end up hooking up in Grace's bed. And they say, like, oh, we don't want to ruin our, our friendship. Like, we'll, we'll try this, see, see what happens. However, the next day, Grace comes up to Zoe and says that she's not gay. She tried for Zoe, but she actually has feelings for Zig. So Zoe is heartbroken, devastated, blah, blah, blah. So again, she and Zig go to the woods and Zoe makes moves on Zig and records them hooking up and sends Grace the video, which of course leads to the whole Zig and Maya breakup. Grace and Zoe are no longer friends because of this. It's the last thing that happens that Zoe just sends Grace the video <laughs> and that's it. I guess she tells Maya about the whole thing. I was going to say, Maya and Zoe get trapped together again to fix their issues, but like, that's about it. Yeah, so I guess nothing is resolved, which I guess is kind of the point. But in season two, Zoe is upset when Winston doesn't cast her as the co-host for the Degrassi anniversary gala because like Zoe and Winston had no onstage chemistry or something. So she ends up asking Esme, who did get the role, for advice. And when Esme is, like, acting all flirty, Zoe gets a little turned on and kisses her. <laughs> Zoe ends up talking to Tristan about how she doesn't want to be gay, and she still isn't really sure if she is fully gay or bi or, or something else, while Tristan is being an asshole and saying, Zoe, you're gay, just come out already. Zoe finds out from Miles that Winston apparently has a crush on her, so Zoe goes up to Winston, says that she likes him too, and they end up getting together. And Zoe becomes the co-host of the gala. Tristan, of course, is skeptical. And throughout this episode, there are some hints that Zoe starts self-harming here because, like, she gets a burn when she's straightening her hair or something, and she, like, looks intently at the burn. From there, Zoe and Winston are now a couple, but Zoe doesn't particularly like spending time with him. But she wants to prove Tristan wrong that she's not gay. So her plan is to like go really hard for a presentation in class. And they're doing a presentation on Japan and Zoe dresses as a geisha before she gets called out for being culturally insensitive. Winston then talks Zoe through her insecurities about their relationship and such. And the next day in class, they apologize for their insensitive presentation. And Winston ends up standing up for Zoe when Esme calls them out when Esme is just being annoying. So Zoe ends up feeling comfortable playing Winston along. 
after that, Zoe starts to feel really good about her relationship with Winston when they go viral on Hastygram when they post this like funny moped mishap thing or something. But Winston then gets mad when Zoe seems to care more about people thinking that they're awesome rather than actually spending time with him. So when Winston walks out at her at dinner, Zoe ends up burning herself on the candle at the restaurant and posts it, causing Tristan to like call her out, saying like, life will be easier out of the closet, blah, blah, blah. Winston and Zoe end up apologizing to each other. And Zoe starts looking up like self-harm things on Instagram. Finally, Winston like calls Zoe out that she never wants to make out with him. And Grace calls Zoe out for dating Winston when they hooked up previously and also for self-harming. So because of this, Zoe tries to make things work with Winston by making out with him, but she kind of has a breakdown in the locker room and she ultimately comes out to him as gay. Winston says that it's okay, but that she should really get help for her self-harming. And that's pretty much how things end with Zoe. Grace has a couple things related to Zig, but I think we're going to close with that because that's slightly separate. Okay. Yeah, so I would say like season one and season two, Zoe have like completely different, it's just, I mean, it's like different vibes in the sense that she's doing one completely different thing with Grace and then now it's like the Winston thing. But the Grace thing is so interesting because I totally forgot that they hooked up. I completely forgot that that even happened because before I was like, this is for sure like queer baiting, you know what I mean? Like, and then when they kissed and like Grace was cool with it, I was like, wait, this is like still, this is insane. And then when they hook up, I was like, is this just like Marco and Ellie like all over again where like Marco is gay, but hooks up with Ellie and then it's like, I'm still gay. And like Grace hooks up with Zoe and then is like, I'm still straight. Like now I'm wondering, is it queer baiting or not because even grace is like i feel so close to you and like it was completely you know consensual and at least that's what we assumed what do you think really threw me off when i was watching it well that's why it's queer baiting because everything that the show is telling you is that they have mutual feelings for each other just for grace to turn around and say actually never mind even if grace thought she did well, that, that's the thing. We never see Grace's perspective in any of this. And that's that's the big problem here. If we saw Grace's perspective where, like, Grace is confused and, like, Grace thinks she likes Zoe, but she isn't sure, then that would have been better because we know what Grace is feeling throughout this whole thing. But we only see Zoe's perspective, where from Zoe's perspective, Grace likes spending a lot of time with Zoe. She kisses Zoe and is, like, fine with it. They hook up. Zoe says that she felt something when they hooked up, which I don't think you could really fake that. Or, like, I don't think you would feel it if it wasn't there, you know? Well, it could definitely be one-sided. The only reason I'm saying that is because Grace does say, I feel, like, closer to you than I have to anybody else. So I can see where she could have maybe confused those feelings for romantic ones. And then when, like, the time came, she realized it wasn't. Like, I feel like that could happen with friends of any gender, right? Sure. I, I do see your parallel with Ellie and Marco because they also hooked up because they kind of got codependent on each other. Yes, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, I feel like if 
they hadn't, if Grace and Zoe hadn't hooked up, I would 100% be like, Degrassi was leading us on. But I think that because they did in the next day, Grace immediately was like, I tried it. Like, this is not for me. You know, it wasn't like a, this was a phase because she genuinely was like, this is not it. I don't know. I mean, I guess like, obviously I'm straight, so this is different, but. (laughs) Well, so for me, it's like, what Grace says is that she tried it for Zoe, but she never really felt anything for Zoe, right? Yeah, she was just kind of confusing their really good friendship for something that could have been romantic. And we're assuming also, because again, we don't know Grace's side of it, that Grace has never been in a relationship. Yeah. So there's a good chance that like, Zoe being, you know, nicer, which is classic Zoe, only being nice to people that she has feelings for, made Grace like feel kind of special, especially since the only other girlfriend that Grace has is Maya, and Maya's kind of like fucking around with Zig, so she doesn't really have anybody. Yeah, but for me, it's like, Grace says she didn't have any feelings for Zoe after they hook up, then why would you hook up with Zoe in the first place, you know? Well, yep. I think she needed to, like, figure it out. Like, I think some some people, like, you know, instead of just going on a date, which they kind of, like, did with the movie, even though, like, Zig interrupted it, I don't think Grace would have done it if she didn't want to. Like, it sounds like she was very much trying to figure it out. And then, unfortunately, you know, there's plenty of people you, like, think you were attracted to, and then you hook up with them, and you're like, oh, that was kind of, like, not fun. And then you just kind of move on, and that's that. Well, then Grace should have told Zoe that in advance rather than kind of leading her on. Well, that's the thing. I don't don't think she knew. That's where I'm, like, not sure if it's... I don't know, like, what it is. Like, I guess I feel like they're just trying to do, like, what, an experimenting plot almost? Well, so, so you can't have it both ways. You can't have Grace be confused about her feelings and then not tell Zoe that she's confused and hook up with her anyway. And also have grace have these strong friendship feelings for zoe and trying to figure it out you know well like i'm also trying to think of when people are like friends for so long and then they're like oh is this more than friendship and then they realize we're better as friends like what would that be is that not the same thing well i guess it would be the same thing because they're not like better as friends she's just not attracted to women yeah but it's like grace is leading zoe on throughout this whole thing by not telling her what she's feeling yeah it would have been better for her early on to be like I feel super close to you and I've never felt like this for anybody before which she does say that right like how how else was Zoe supposed to interpret they just kissed and then Grace is inviting her over to her house for a movie night and then inviting her to sleep over no I think I think that Grace 100% was like down for all of that before she realized after they hooked up, like, I'm not attracted to you in that way. But what Grace says is that she realized before they hooked up, she says she tried for Zoe, not that she was like into it. She said she tried it because I care about you. And I wanted to see if I can make it work because I care about you. But I just don't. I mean, like, it seemed like she needed the hookup part to make sure, right? It kind of seems like she knew beforehand, but she wanted to try for Zoe because she cares about her. Yeah. In, in, that, in that case, she wasn't confused before they hooked up. I mean, if she was 100% straight, then she wouldn't have hooked up with Zoe. 
if she didn't think she was like in that moment like should they have like showed more from her side absolutely and like maybe a further discussion but the whole other issue is that grace doesn't have anybody to talk to about this because zoe's not out so who who is she like supposed to have these conversations with i mean she doesn't need to out zoe necessarily she could still like talk to maya or even zig about certain things i mean they probably would have known if it was like they were like like, who else was she talking to she was like three friends (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) the fact that we're so confused is the problem here and why it's queer baiting they didn't give us enough information to be able to know that grace would come out of this saying that she's straight i guess i'm trying to i'm looking up what exactly the definition is for me to understand it is marketing okay because the other part of it is that when Grace, in the scene where Grace says that she's straight, it feels like it comes out of nowhere. And when she says that she has a crush on Zig, it feels like Grace is just saying the first person who walks into the room. Yeah. So that that's how that scene comes off. And that's why it kind of feels like either Grace is like kind of afraid of like her feelings for Zoe, like afraid of being gay, for example, which could relate to like her illness, for instance. But then they play that straight. Like that scene is then played straight in season two when Grace actually has a crush on Zig and she's actually straight. So that scene where she tells Zoe, actually, never mind, feels off. And then it's actually her telling the truth, which the scene doesn't make sense. The build up to it seems like it was going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they just kind of did a 180 on what, what story they were telling is why it's queer baiting. Okay. I guess so. Because what's, I mean, I guess the other option would be that Grace has emotional feelings for her, but isn't like physically or like wants to do anything physical, which is what, asexual type situation? Right. That was That was a theory between seasons one and two. That because that scene where Grace says never mind is so weird, people were thinking, oh, maybe Grace is asexual because she had strong feelings for Zoe, but then when they hooked up, she didn't feel anything. So maybe Grace is asexual, but that didn't happen. Yeah, because then she has a crush on Zig. Okay. Then she starts dating Jonah (laughs) too. Yeah, there's that whole situation. Okay, I guess I can... I can understand like why people would think it was so then do you feel like well I guess it's not the same thing when Marco and Ellie hooked up Marco was already gay so that's not queer baiting that would be like what straight baiting (laughs) it's not a thing yeah Marco and Ellie was just kind of a weird situation where they were codependent on each other Mm -hmm. which again Grace and Zoe hooking up and then Grace turning out to be straight could have worked if they gave us more from Grace. Because I feel like, for example, Grace's whole thing is that she's afraid to get close to people because of her illness. So like the fact that we don't know how she actually feels about Zoe despite her illness is like where it gets so confusing. But if we did know that, then it would have made more sense. And then it could have just been like, I guess an experimenting plot line, like you said. Very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's it was just a whole hot mess. 
Well, I think what was worse was how Zoe handled it, obviously. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it's almost like, how are you going to treat somebody that you supposedly liked like five minutes ago like this? Right. Like, she went out of her way to hook up with the guy that Grace said that she had a crush on. Yes. Which is, I don't even know what to do with that. Yeah. And then on top of that, Zoe commits another sex crime by recording her having sex with Zig without his consent. Yep, there's that. But since Zig's 18, it's even worse. Because (laughs) she's underage, and he's not. And it's like, there's a whole other issue. Is it? I mean, they're close enough that it shouldn't be a problem well i don't know isn't she under she would be like 16 maybe they're in the same same year in school so they should be at least within a year of each other well i'm just saying that's like a whole other as well but like the fact that they sure have zoe commit more sex crimes but they don't call her out for it oh yeah no that's like completely at that point they're kind of just like kids do this which isn't great but it's also like how many how many children are making sex tapes or whatever they did in high school at least none I don't know ones that I knew none um (laughs) not sure you're laughing a lot so hopefully none that you know yeah because Zig also doesn't really have any feelings about the fact that Zoe recorded him and he didn't know about it he only cares that Maya might see it yeah I can't believe he like doesn't even confront Zoe about it yeah so like the whole recording thing was just so mishandled. Yeah, it was just so bad. Nobody really talked about how bad it was. They were just like, Zoe was fucked up that you hooked up with Zig. They don't really mention the fact that she recorded him. Yeah, and tech-wise, I don't really understand how Hunter even knew that the video included If right? Zoe's the only one who had it and sent it to Grace. Right? What did Hunter say? He just, like, found it in Zoe's iCloud. But, like, why was he looking through Zoe's iCloud? <laughs> Who even knows? That was just a whole mess. In my opinion, it's like Grace leading Zoe on makes Grace look bad when she didn't really need to look that bad. And then Zoe, of course, doing this is awful too. <laughs> so here's here's my opinion on it. If you're looking at it from the queer baiting thing, absolutely, I think it does make her look bad. If you're looking at it from someone who genuinely thought they had feelings and then they find out that they don't, it's kind of like sad because like the fact that she like kind of wanted to make it work just because she really like cared about Zoe and then Zoe like gets rejected and one second later just like destroys her yeah like it's just it I don't know I think it kind of fixed how I felt about Grace pretty quickly when I saw that she got treated like that I guess so yeah I, I guess the other part for me with Grace and Zoe hooking up is that Grace knows about Zoe's kind of messy relationship with sex with the whole rape thing and and Degrassi nudes (laughs) so the fact that Grace knows about both of those big things and hooked up with Zoe again being confused despite it is like again bad on Grace's part okay I could definitely see that I didn't even think about that although I I got into a fight on Tumblr about this when, oh my God. when these episodes first aired because I was like I don't think Grace and Zoe actually like had actual sex I thought they were just like fooling around a little bit I think you're right like they don't say that they did they just say that they what do they even say they did I don't think they say anything about what they exactly did but to me it's like this is Zoe's first time with a girl 
it's Grace's first time with a girl. I don't think they're going to go all the way. <laughs> True. I mean, yeah, I don't know the extent of it. I don't really care too much, really, because it doesn't come back in that sense. But it, it was just funny to me that, like, I posted about that on Tumblr and, like, someone responded being mad at me. It's like, they had sex. What are you talking about? It's like, okay, Grace is still straight. Like, what do you want with that? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because the other thing is, like, if Grace like Grace is straight why would she have full sex with Zoe <laughs> well that's that's kind of what I'm thinking too like as somebody who is straight I feel like probably after the first five minutes not even probably after the first like what minute you'd be like hmm this is different and I don't know <laughs> I don't know Jasper have you kissed a girl not seriously oh I was gonna say maybe that can explain it but I got nothing but yeah, a whole mess. Honestly, this just continues Zoe being a terrible person. Like I know I talked about in the movie how that was kind of the start of them making Zoe a nicer person. But this, of course, is her regressing back to her terrible ways. Oh, I mean, they like barely tried to make her a good person. Well, they do after she comes out. <laughs> Which is like what, the last season. <laughs> Yeah, and like she's suddenly a good person now because she is out of the closet. So yeah, it's kind of I guess like Riley vibes. No, exactly. That's exactly what it is with Winston. Like Zoe and Winston is the same as Riley and Fiona. Yeah. Do you want to go into that, or do you have any more for? Oh, I just want to say I'm pissed that Zoe always finds a way to fuck over Maya no matter what. <laughs> oh my god, I know she literally like I'm, at this point I feel like Maya's like all right enough. <laughs> like, like, like the scene in the locker room where Maya's just like, you know, you're the worst, right? I was like, there's <laughs> so much behind that line. <laughs> you know? I know, it's like, remember when you literally cyber bullied me online <laughs> so horribly? Yeah, that too. Yeah, it's like Maya just needs to like send Zoe to jail because she has so much ammo against Zoe at this point. I know. I would probably go to, like, the principal and be like, stop putting me in classes with this girl. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Winston and Zoe, okay, even though I said they're basically Riley and Fiona, it feels weird. I mean, maybe that's the point, but I feel like they don't work as a beard as well as Riley and Fiona did. Well, because Fiona knew pretty early on that they were, that's kind of was, like, the goal. That's true, yeah. Winston had no idea. Like, he had literally no idea until she told him. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess what I was thinking was, one, it's weird that Zoe and Winston are together in the first place, considering the whole Degrassi nudes thing that happened <laughs> last season. Oh, well, remember, we're not acknowledging anything that happened in the past. Yeah, of course, of course, but... <laughs> knowing knowing the past it's it's weird <laughs> well also think about like miles and zoe too like you'd think if he had like any i mean i know not a lot happened there but also winston's like miles's friend so you'd be like oh i'm not gonna hook up with my friend's kind of ex situation i don't know whatever winston with anybody is awkward in my opinion <laughs> true <laughs> but i guess besides that the weird part for me was that what what guys has Zoe dated or been into in the past, right? Like Miles, Drew, Zig. Like those yep. are all like popular guys who kind of helped Zoe kind of up her credit or popularity. 
Yes. Whereas that's not what Winston is getting her. Like, no. all, all that Winston is giving her is passing a straight and barely that. So, well, if you want to go on the popularity thing, when they start to kind of blow up on what is Degrassi's Instagram, then she kind of is like, oh, this is a popular relationship. That's true. So, so yeah. then it kind of provides that for her. But that's not why she starts dating him to begin with, like she did no. the other guys. The other guys, she started dating them. I well, like I kind of thought because she genuinely liked them a little bit, but right, right. No, with him, it was just straight up like I need to. I'm straight. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking, like, it could have maybe worked if she went for miles again from that well, perspective. He was- he was a little busy. Not in season two. He was he he just got with Tristan and that was like it in season two. Oh well, yeah, okay, that's fair. I was thinking season one. Never mind. He yeah. was like losing his shit in season one. Yeah, but I was thinking in season two, Zoe could have gotten with Miles because that could have led to some good conversations about like bisexuality and like accepting yourself. That's a pretty good point. And it also would have contrasted with Tristan constantly pestering Zoe to come out when Zoe herself doesn't even know what she is, which yeah. continued to piss me off. No, that was really annoying. It was kind of like, I get what he was saying. He's like, it's easier, whatever, blah, blah. But she was right when she was like, you live a different life than I do. Like your mom didn't just tell you, I don't like gay people like five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. And like, even besides that, Zoe is still like unsure. Like, she probably knows deep down at this point, but, like, she doesn't really know, no, you know? <laughs> yes, she's still trying to, like, work it out. Yeah, so the fact that Tristan's just, like, come out, like, just do it, that just really annoyed me. And the fact that he did not even consider that Zoe could be bisexual. He was just like, you're a lesbian, just say it. Well, we know how he feels about bisexuality, so. Yes, exactly. But <laughs> it's just more proof against Tristan for me. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But otherwise, it was just like all these few storylines with Winston, like the whole cultural appropriation thing was like, okay, sure. (laughs) Winston cares about Zoe. Fine. (laughs) I don't really know what this is adding to the storyline. Oh, it was just, it was kind of uninteresting. They were just trying to make it more of the like woke situations but not just with Maya now let's spread the wealth yeah I think the other reason it felt weird to me is that it felt weird that Zoe hooked up with Grace and then she kind of puts herself back in the closet by dating Winston to me it kind of feels like the order of events of those things should be reversed I don't know well I think that it kind of makes sense because she was rejected so like why would she want to put herself out there again for a girl If it had worked out, I think that she would have been more willing to, like, consider coming out. Well, I guess it's the fact that she knew she had feelings for Grace, and now she's saying, like, oh, it was just a phase. Yeah. Was what was kind of weird to me, when she knew it wasn't a phase. Even if she doesn't know exactly how she feels or identifies, she knows she had real feelings for Grace. Mm -hmm. I think it just kind of goes into the whole, like, denial thing. I don't know. I think it makes the case about Winston being her beard, like, even stronger. How so? Like, I think if she had dated Winston before the Grace thing, we would have been like, is she, like, really gay? Like, you know what I mean? Like, she wouldn't have had any experiences. Like, is she gay? Is she just 
Like, I think it would have been less believable that Winston's a beard versus you hooked up with Grace. We know she has feelings. Got rejected. Now she's like, well, maybe I'm not. Like, I think it just makes it more clear that Winston is a beard since she hooked up with Grace, in my opinion. Okay, I could see that. I think it's more clear to the audience, if anything. Yeah, I guess Riley also did a similar thing where he hooked up with the Woods guy and Peter before dating Fiona. And <laughs> Peter, I forgot. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that was a lot mess. Listen, I will always take the opportunity to go on the Peter Riley train. You do love them. But yeah, I think the other issue with season two for Zoe was that they tried to do the whole beard thing, staying in the closet thing, and they tried to do the self-harm thing. So I feel like trying to do both of those things at once in the very limited amount of time that they had, neither of them really landed. Yes, I agree with that. I think that there is definitely that situation where like when some people can't come out or feel like they can't, there definitely is self-harming. Like I feel like that's kind of common knowledge. I just don't think it was, they didn't have enough. They were doing too many things, like you were saying, right? for it to kind of make sense. Like it could have worked and it would have been a really good storyline if it did work. But the self-harming thing just kind of seemed like a side note for the other things that were happening with her at the time. That it was just like, oh, right. She is also kind of burning herself on and off throughout this season. Yes. And I feel like there wasn't like, a clear reason as to why she was doing it like I think that they needed to be more like not I mean I guess you know you don't need to full out say why but it just kind of felt like out of nowhere you're like oh that's happening too okay yeah like there was no build-up to it I guess where it would have made kind of more sense if she like turned to pills again yes exactly because the other thing is that like she's kind of low-key hurting herself and then Winston tells her to stop after she comes out and then it's never a problem again well that's the thing too I remember watching this season and being like oh I didn't know people like burn themselves I was like that's an interesting self-harm thing so like not that that like opens doors for people but I was just kind of like oh this is like completely new and the fact that she's like all right I'm just not gonna do it again I was like what this is so strange. I'm like, all of this was just very strange to me. Yeah, because I I thought it could have been really interesting with the whole, like, she kind of got the self-harm ideation from social media. So I thought that was, like, a really interesting angle, too, to kind of make, like, Ellie's storyline, for example, kind of updated for the social media era. But, like, again, they just didn't give it the time that it needed to really tell that full storyline that it just didn't work no I totally I agree with that but I guess how did you feel about her coming out scene in general or like her storyline in general for these two seasons I feel like they just didn't show her life outside enough for me to kind of get it like with Riley we saw what he was like at home and like we saw how his parents acted. Same with Marco. Like, we saw his dad. Like, his dad came to things. Her mom is just, like, not around enough for me to care. Is that bad? <laughs> or, like, she's not around enough for Zoe caring so much about her mom to be such a big deal. 
Yeah, like that too. Like with Marco and Riley, it was kind of a little bit of a cultural thing. I felt like, you know, like they're like, we're strong, you know, I think Riley was Greek. He's like, you know, they're traditional. Same with Marco. They're very like traditional parents where like with Zoe, her mom is definitely not a traditional mom. If anything, she seems very open about sharing her hookups with random Gilmore girls actors, <laughs> even though it's like literally not true at all. Like Zoe doesn't even know her father. It just seems kind of odd that her mom is even like homophobic to begin with because we just don't know we know that she's like kooky and like not nice but it just kind of is like I don't know strange also like they tell us that Zoe's mom is like super catholic but they don't really show that at all they just show Zoe's mom in the car being like Grace is gay don't hang out with her you know yeah and also the fact that like they're throwing the catholic thing out there without showing any form of like catholicism it's kind of like shitty like I'm not saying it's not true with a lot of it you know in the Catholic Church obviously but I feel like they've come a long way that to be like oh she's Catholic and super religious she's not gonna like gay people I was like all right we already did that with um Becky and her family but at least we saw it yeah like just say like she could just be homophobic without being religious right right what did you think yeah I I agree with that it was just kind of like they needed a reason for Zoe's mom to be homophobic, so they just threw the religion onto her randomly just to justify it. When, like, sometimes people are just homophobic because they're homophobic. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah, I do wish they, like, gave more with Zoe's mom because, like, the whole Gilmore Girls storyline gave a little bit, and I just wish there was more of it. And also, they don't even bring up the dad ever again, right? I don't think so, no. So that was really strange to me, too, to be honest. I was kind of like, why are we doing this thing at all? I mean, obviously, it was the, like, drop for Gilmore Girls on Netflix, but it just felt strange that we never cared about the dad again. Yeah, especially when she gets disowned, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that whole issue. I guess the other issue for me with Zoe being a lesbian is that she comes out in the last episode of season two, Like, she comes out to herself in the last episode of season two. The first episode of season three, she's out to the whole school. (laughs) Hey, social media will do that. But, like, they do, like, a little time jump, like, over the summer. But, like, it just feels weird to me that, like, she just got over being so afraid of even admitting to herself that she's a lesbian. And now she's suddenly totally okay telling anybody and everybody that she is which was weird to me. I think that's fair. I think that even with Riley, even when he did tell his mom, he was like, I'm still working on coming out. Like he was still, you know, taking his time. Well, Riley had like a whole season where he needed to work up the courage to come out to the school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I mean, also Zoe loves to share everything always, all the time. So... (laughs) But with something that she tried so hard to hide for so long, I feel like the transition right away to being like, actually, I'm just going to be out 100% just feel like a weird transition. Oh, I mean, it definitely is. And we'll definitely talk more about it when we go to season three, I think. We'll see the difference, too. Yeah. But otherwise, Zoe's a hot mess. I still hate her. (laughs) So nothing's changed, is what you're saying? No. Got it. Maybe, Maybe if she did get together with Grace... 
it would be better because Grace could keep her in check, but tragically that didn't happen. I'm just sick of her only being nice to people that are Tristan, and that's it. That's yeah. only people she's nice to. She's only nice to people that she wants to bang or is Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> Even Tristan's not nice, so it's like, why are we doing this? Well, that's why they're a match made in heaven. Yeah, you're so right. Okay, so let's close things out with Grace's one or two things in season two. Okay. So Grace starts feeling insecure when Baz insults her to her face about how she dresses. And Maya and Jonah kind of agree with her saying that they like how she doesn't dress to get boys' attention. So the next day at school, she wears a pink dress and she starts feeling very weird and out of place. But Zig, who she kind of hasn't been talking to for a while at this point because of the whole Maya drama, he comes up and comforts her saying that he likes Grace because... She's always herself. She doesn't care what other people think. And this kind of helps Grace and Zig recover their friendship and confirms, I guess, Grace's crush on Zig that she talked about to Zoe. And at the end of the episode, Grace tells Baz off and he runs for the hills, which was kind of funny. At the end, Grace and Zig are planning a fundraising party for Tiny because he got a scholarship in California for like a science summer camp or something. So they're trying to raise money for him to travel there. And Grace talks to her mom about visiting Tiny in California over the summer, despite her illness. At the party, she talks to Maya about Zig having moved on, since Grace thinks that she's getting some vibes from Zig that he likes her back. And Maya says like, oh, yeah, I kind of figured that was happening with Esme. Grace kind of gets a little insecure about Esme for a minute, but she ends up kissing Zig at the party, and Zig is weirded out because of how great of friends they are, and kind of rejects her. So Grace gets mad at Maya because of this, because Grace in her head is like, oh, Zig still likes Maya, and that's why he doesn't like me. But Grace ends up passing out soon after this because she was drinking a little bit, and she's on some new meds. So she passes out, and Zoe who is the only person who knows that Grace has CF, comes to the rescue and convinces everyone to get Grace to the hospital. And Grace ends up thanking Zoe for essentially saving her life. And it is kind of a wake-up call for Grace to start telling people that she has CF and like sharing more about her life with her friends. So she ends the season with telling Maya that she has CF and kind of apologizing for the whole blow-up situation. <laughs> okay. I had been meaning to do more research on like what CF actually is, but I never got to it. So there's that. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it's obviously something that they added out of nowhere because yeah. apparently all of a sudden she's super sick. I guess they kind of tried to say that it's because she like isn't doing her therapy as often and like isn't taking care of herself. And that kind of has to do with the fact that she's like, I'm going to die anyway. I don't care. And they have that weird whole like jump off the roof scene. Yeah. And then she's like, fine. <laughs> like, whatever. Classic roof scene. But it does make sense in her character for her, like, you know, why is she in the rubber room? You know, why is she, like, the way she is? And they gave her a reason. Could she have been gay? Sure. <laughs> but instead, they were like, just kidding. We'll have her have a disease that's going to take her out by the time she is 30. Yeah. And that's that. Yeah, like, I don't necessarily mind that this is, like, an addition to her character, because I feel like a terminal illness 
or even just like disability, because I, I would probably classify this as a disability, isn't something that Degrassi looks at very often. So I feel like it was very interesting storyline and very a very unique storyline. And I love Grace. Like Grace is so fun. She's a good friend. And she kind of subverts a lot of stereotypes for me. Like even though she is kind of like the bad girl, kind of like Alex or like Bianca, she's still like a good person. Like Alex and Bianca kind of both started off as terrible people. <laughs> Whereas Grace was never really that bad of a person. She was just kind of a bit edgy. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely more like blunt, I would say, you know. And she just doesn't put up with people's shit. And if she, like, supposedly liked Zig this whole time, which honestly, no, like, come on, that's not true. But whatever, fair. She never once made it a Maya problem until this point. Yeah. And I think that that's also, like, a good thing for her. You know, I mean, again, it kind of shows that they didn't plan on her having a crush on Zig. But, yeah, she doesn't, like, treat Maya like garbage until they have that fight. I feel like we talked about her having CF, though, and just that it was, like, kind of ridiculous that they didn't even have any hints of it at all. Do you still feel that way, or? Well, I guess I remember we talked about how if Grace has had CF all this time, she wouldn't have been able to hide it from everybody. Yeah. I think that was the point that I made, which I guess is true in seasons one and two where the only person who knows is Zoe until she passes out of the party yeah oh so, yeah I, I guess probably the only issue is that given what illness she has it would be very hard to hide it from people but especially Zig who seems to like be more than comfortable to climb into her room to hang out right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah despite like I guess the details of like her illness and how that would realistically work Mm -hmm. I do like Grace's arc of, like, learning to connect with people and realizing that she wants to connect with people. Yes. So I do think that's a, a very nice character arc for her. I just wish that there was more of it. Like, again, in season one, if they just showed us more of her, like, fear of being close to people because of her illness, and that's why she's, like, kind of leading Zoe on, I think that could have made the queer baiting not as bad. <laughs> Or even just, like, Grace having some sort of reaction to Zoe just kind of doing that terrible thing to her. Yeah. She didn't really feel any type of way towards Zoe for having done that. She was just kind of shocked that she did it. Yes. So. Yeah. I feel like there, there could have been something with, like, the fact that Grace and Zoe were so close, and then Zoe went out of her way to stab her in the back. And then Grace kind of shuts down because of that, for example. And she even more doesn't want to get close to people because of that. But that's not really anything that happens. No, and it also takes us a bit, like you said, the entire Zoe plot was like from Zoe's point of view. Like it takes us a bit to actually get things from Grace's point of view. Like Grace is featured a lot in other people's plots, but we don't really see much from her. So I guess it's kind of them like, what starting to try to do that yeah I don't know I again like we we had said this before too is that she's like a good character to do this with because she already has kind of like a clean slate like there isn't much to where we don't know a lot about her yeah so it like makes sense but I do still feel like they didn't tell us enough about it for us to like understand it almost I feel like I needed to like walk away and like do more research well I guess 
they don't really need to tell us how the illness works necessarily to have storylines about how it's affecting her personal life. No, no. I think it more in the sense that like when Claire was going through chemo and all that stuff, I felt like I was learning more about it, even if, you know, who knows how accurate it was. Where, like, the CF, like, oh, this is what it is. She's going to die. And that's, it's like, wait, what? Like, that's kind of how I felt. So, so it's the fact that it was, like, it could have been any illness, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of felt like it was, like, why did we choose this one? This yeah. just is, like, sad. It's, like, are we going to, are we ever going to discuss the fact that she's going to die young? Like, is this, <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, they do kind of talk about that. Like, that's like the whole Zoe episode where like she does the the funeral presentation. Yeah, but whose point of view is that even from? Well, yeah, Zoe, but that, that's the <laughs> problem, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I It is very interesting, but anyway. Yeah, I like Grace a lot, and I do like what we get of her. I just wish there was more. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I do think we would have gotten more if Next Class had more episodes. Oh, for sure. And I think that they really could have done more than 10. Like, they had plenty of stuff to go off of. But it is what it is. Hopefully, is the reboot still happening? Fingers crossed. I guess people are concerned because it was supposed to film over the summer, but there has been no news of filming having started. That's what I'm also like, uh uh-oh, about. HBO Max is like a shit show right now, so. Oh, I was going to say, I would love to see Grace, like, again, you know, like, more of her. Well, the reboot isn't going to have the next class characters. Well, even if they, like, show... You don't think they would... Yeah, I guess she wasn't, like, a main enough character for them to have her come back either. Or she'd be dead. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They they said she'd get to 30 at least. (laughs) At least. Okay. Anything else for Grace? Not really. I just kind of liked how Grace and Zig kind of worked through Grace's crush. How, like, Grace kissing him didn't fuck up their friendship like it did with Zoe (laughs) Mm -hmm. they have a good dynamic yeah I I was kind of disappointed when they said that Grace had a crush on Zig because again we didn't know that it was coming you know they came out of nowhere she's never had any sign like I get that they're really good friends I kind of wish that they just like kept it like that I wouldn't have even minded if she had a crush on Tiny you -hmm. know because like he's around even though he's like kind of doing his own thing but it just kind of felt forced. And I didn't like that she was like mad at Maya. It's like, come on, can anyone give Maya a break? Yeah. Like I get that she's had one or two men like, you know, falling in love with her and stuff. But to be fair, Zig was dating Maya. So it's like, what are you... I don't know. Well, that's why Grace should have been asexual. Yeah, I don't think I would have been against it, but they wanted to throw her and Jonah together to be like angsty teens. So there's such a nothing relationship too. Jonah's not doing much for me. I liked him in season 14 a little bit, except for when he literally stole hundreds of dollars from his girlfriend, Becky. But yeah, he's not really redeeming himself. Yeah, well, we'll get there soon enough. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so who do we have after this? Our next two groupings are Tristan Miles, Hunter, and Yael. For, I don't know if we'll do that next or last, but our... Final grouping is Lola, Shay, Tiny, and Frankie. So we have those to look forward to for next class, seasons one and two. And we know how much Jasper loves Tristan. Fuck that. I can't wait till he's in a coma. Oh my god. 
Oh boy. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And we'll see you soon.